0: What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in, checking out the Hustle the Most podcast. This is episode 11. And today we're going to talk about putting in the effort. So, I really feel like putting in the effort will get you anywhere you want to go. We're just going to sit on that for a second. Uh, I remember like when I was a kid, and I would always rush through everything I was doing, rush through my chores, whatever my work was, I was supposed to be doing, just so I could do nothing. So, I could do not that thing just do nothing. I think even when I started my first job, I didn't really understand what working was all about. Like I had done yard work, chores, stuff like that, it was completely different. My first job ever was at KFC. The Kentucky Fried Chicken, that is the truth. I was 16 and Eric, who played in Jive and Spit with me, had already worked there and he got me a job there. And the minimum wage at the time was $4.25 an hour which to this day kind of still blows my mind. It still seems kind of crazy how low it was. But I know people that are just a few years older than me. It was like I was 315 when I started. My dad used to tell me how lucky I was because when he used to pump gas in the freezing cold, he only got paid a nickel. And I'm not sure if there was any truth to that story or not. But it, uh, he would always be like, I used to pump gas for a nickel. And it's kind of like the uphill both ways in the snow stories that uh, your parents used to tell about walking to school. And, how kids are sissies these days and you know back in my day this is what I did and I had no shoes and I had to carry my little brother on my back and that kind of stuff so still don't know if there's truth to it but so I remember getting hired to work at KFC my first job I had to go to orientation and the orientation was held in this little outbuilding somewhere in Flint I don't remember exactly where it was but I remember it being like in the parking lot of a KFC in another building that was painted like a KFC. It was really small. And I seem to remember people calling it the chicken coop, but I might be making that up. But I think I remember hearing something about the chicken coop. Maybe that was just like the, the common term that people would call it. And so I was hired there to be a cook and I was going to cook chicken. This was so many years ago. And I still remember it like it was yesterday, walking into this little crazy building. The orientation was a lot more geared toward People that were going to be working in the front, people that were dealing with customers and taking orders, stuff like that. And I remember there being some sort of like customer role playing between the group. There's probably eight of us in the orientation. And I remember something about there being some sort of upselling going on. It, it made me super uncomfortable and I was really, really bad at it. Uh, I wasn't going to be anywhere near the, the front counter or helping customers. I was going to be in the back, tucked away from. From the public, hidden from view, and I remember a lot of the drills that they were doing were based on kind of situational stuff around customers and talking to customers and helping them stuff. So I was supposed to be uh, interacting in this, and, and I did my best, and I was supposed to be one of the people playing someone at the register and someone else playing the customer. And I think that we were talking about kind of upselling and, and you know, "Would you like a drink, Would you like fries?" that kind of stuff uh, that you hear like at the drive-through, or wherever you're going. And so I think that they had asked me um, to do an upsell for a drink. And I remember laughing even at myself because I just didn't know what to say. Like I had never done this before in my life. And, And I remember, you know, basically someone had given me their order. My response to them was, would you like something to wash down that chicken? Like that was my response. And I have no idea even to this day why I would say something like that. But I literally can't say it out loud. Without laughing because I can't. That's probably the worst upsell in upsell history. Like I can't believe that I even said that. And I'm like, wow, like what a bonehead answer. And I think everyone in the group laughed, and we just moved on. I think my default was, I'm hired to be a cook. Like I, you know, this isn't my thing. And but it was again, it was just funny because there was a bunch of us in the small chicken coop, and the orientation was like eight hours long, and it's pretty much the worst thing ever. But, you know, looking back at it, I think that, I think it's kind of a rite of passage for everyone. And I think you should kind of go through that stuff in your first job and at least once just to know, just to know what it's like. I remember being in high school and talking to kids about their jobs and kids that have never went through that um, side of the food business. Um, it's completely different than people that go through retail. And I know retail has, has orientations and, you know, all companies do. Even my, my company now has orientations and yeah, they're all different and but they're all kind of similar in that way like they're just awkward and weird so maybe you guys can tell me but i feel like the most stressful part of any job is your first day like everything is weird and different and everyone knows what's going on but you it's like walking into a a class or something in mid-semester in in the middle of a lecture Um, i think it's pretty stressful I mean if you take out like the the time and the place and just focus on yourself just for a minute and think about it, think about the social aspect of it for a second. Like how do you look? How do you feel? How do others think you look? Are you gonna fit in? Will you like the people? Like will the people like you like this has nothing to do with time or space. This has everything to do with you and what's going on in your head, right? How do you dress for this? Your you know, the 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 paperwork says Business casual, right? Well, what does that really mean? And are you wearing the right clothes? And so many things run through your head before you even walk in the door. It's almost like you get the job and then you're like, oh no, I've gotten the job. Now the the second hurdle kind of starts. This kind of stress and anxiety can make you literally not even want to show up for the first day. It's almost like you'd rather live in your parents' basement forever than have to go through whatever it is that you're going through in your own head. I think working in fast food at a place like KFC was no different, except for they kind of took a little bit of the guesswork out of it, because before I started, they issued me two shirts and a pair of pants and a hat and apron, KFC belt, and a pair of non-slip shoes. So, you know, I didn't have to worry about that whole, what am I going to wear kind of thing. They kind of had it mapped out for me, which is good. Uh, I remember it being all blue and had the Colonel's face and the logo embroidered up on it, and I remember the first time putting this costume on, and I looked in the mirror. I felt like the biggest doofus ever to walk the earth. I remember feeling like I wanted to cry until I walked in the door of that place, and then I had this realization that everyone else in there was wearing this same obnoxious outfit. So it was only weird to me until I walked in the door. And uh, I think that happens. I think that happens a lot. You know, I think that all of these things that I dealt with when I was 16 are the same things. That people deal with on every level. I have friends that are CEOs of Fortune 500 companies, and they go through the same exact woes as a 16 year old kid walking into his first job. I mean, it gets easier, of course, because if you've had more than one job in your life, you kind of know what to expect. Uh, It's no different than riding a roller coaster for the first time and then riding it for the 10th time. It may be still scary, but at least you kind of know what you're getting into, you know what to expect. I think, like most young kids, I had a handful of silly jobs between like 16 and 20, and I worked at KFC for like maybe six or eight months, and I left to explore the world of entertaining kids at birthday parties inside of a sweaty Chuck E. Cheese suit. Yes, you heard me correctly. Yours truly used to be Mr. Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, That job wasn't really that bad. I mean, the way they kind of do it is that you're basically in the Chuck E. suit for about 20 minutes And then you're out for 20 minutes, basically throughout an eight-hour shift. So when you're out of the suit, you're basically filling up ice on like the soda machines and helping out kind of wherever else you can uh, until you got to get back in the suit. You can't talk in the Chucky suit, so you basically just walk around, wave to kids, and try your best not to get punched in the balls. There are some specific sight lines in the suit and some definite blind spots. So if you aren't paying attention, they'll literally just walk up and just sock you as hard as they can. And your job is to do your best not to scream or go down like a sack of potatoes. It's a tough part of the gig, but it is part of the gig. And in this job, just like the other one, eight-hour orientation, a bunch of things around greeting guests, talking to customers, interacting with kids, stuff like that. But me, I was like, just like the cook, I'm going to be in the chucky suit. I'm going to be in the back. I'm going to be hidden away. And so, again, you have to play along. That's kind of just how it goes. So, like I said, it wasn't really bad there I mean this place was based around having fun so that kind of carries over a little bit into the work environment I think uh, I did once lose my pager when I jumped into the ball pit like I thought I was going to be funny and jump in the ball pit I also lost my keys and my wallet and I had like five people in there kind of helping me sift the bottom for all my things before I could actually go home because my car in the parking lot and I had no keys uh, I think I was there for probably like four months and then I got offered uh, another job for more money. So we're slowly trying to move up the chain. My buddy Jason was actually a cook across town at this other restaurant called A Chicken Affair. Yes, that was the real name of it. And I got hired in this place because I had chicken experience. <laughs> it sounds so stupid to say that. Uh, I moved up from 425 to 415 hours. So I was a straight ball in at that point. And This place was kind of like a knockoff KFC that catered to more of like the authentic Southern fried chicken demographic. And we sold lots of different things than KFC. We sold things like livers and gizzards and okra and codfish sandwiches. And I, as the cook, got to cook all of it. So I remember before I worked there, my buddy Jason was working there, the one that got me the job. And someone in the middle of his shift had quit because they were working with two cooks. And someone had quit, and so he called me and my buddy Eric, who also worked at KFC, to come over and help him catch up and close his kitchen. It was almost like we were these major league cooks coming from the corporate giant to help this little restaurant catch up and stay afloat. You know, it's, it's restaurant impossible, something or other. And this place has some pretty fun characters that work there, and everyone got along for the most part. There's always a lot of joking and pranking and even the occasional kitchen wrestling match between employees. It's weird. This company also did a lot of catering for like weddings and parties and stuff like that. So I spent a lot of late nights cleaning up dishes. They would come back from these catering events and there would be mounds and mounds and mounds of dishes and leftover chicken and gizzards and all kinds of stuff. We'd have to clean it all out. We'd be there till like two o'clock in the morning, just slaving away over, over dishes. So it was, uh, it's one of those things, man. It's just, Comes with a job, it's part of it. So, you remember a few episodes back when I talked about uh, it's all about who you know? That phrase is literally the phrase that started LinkedIn. It's literally about who you know. I was getting pretty burned out in the food industry and I was kind of looking to get out of it. I think I actually quit at one point when I was working at, I must have been working at Chicken Affair and I quit, kind of looking for another gig. I haven't found anything. And, and I applied at a handful of places like Target and Meyer, but never even got in the door. And a few months later, my cousin Jason called me. He was actually the manager at the Ace Hardware store just down the street from my dad's house. And he was like, hey, you still looking for a job? And I'm like, yes. And he's like, come up here right now, fill out an application, and you can start tomorrow. And this was like the best news ever, man. This, I don't know if you've ever gotten a call for a job before, but it's exciting. It's like uh, someone's going to call you and, and offer you a new job and something tangible and something real, and you get to go start, which is really cool. This was the best news ever because not only did I get a new job, it's awesome, but now I was going to get $6 an hour, so we're slowly moving up, which is awesome. This This is the best part, is that Ace Hardware did not have a kitchen, which meant that yours truly was not going to be grilling up chicken or cleaning grease off of my steering wheel of my 83 Pontiac Fiero. And smelling like food every day of my life, so we went from food to hardware. It was awesome. All this time, this was happening. You know, I was still playing in a band, and still going to high school. I was living at my mom's house, kind of until I started driving, and I pretty much moved back into my dad's house and just kind of drove every day from Flint to Grand Blanc to school. Eric was my best friend, man, and and Eric and I. He got me the job at KFC. We both worked there together. We loved um, working together. We also played in Spit together at the time. And our bosses would always schedule us to be on their schedule together if they could, because we were friends and we liked to work together and we got stuff done. And, but sometimes it worked against us because we would end up having these, uh, these shows downtown where Spit would have to go and play. But we were both working. It'd be like a Friday night and people would come in late. And we'd be there sometimes till 10 or 11 o'clock. But we'd try to, one of us would try to get out and get there and start setting up stuff and get ready best we can. But there's probably no grosser feeling. Then working in a greasy chicken kitchen for eight hours and then changing your clothes in the car and then driving and then getting on stage and playing music in a venue that's sweaty and hot and you're just sweating chicken life kind of all over the place. Oh, it's so gross. Oh, it's gross just thinking about it. Funny, but those are the things you do, man. This is how we hustle the most. Even when we're in high school, we're hustling the most just to get it done. Do the things we need to do. So let's talk about the hardware store for a second. The hardware store was amazing, but it was a completely different type of work environment for me. This was customer service. And from the last two jobs I told you about, customer service wasn't exactly high up on my list of things that I need to be doing because I was gonna be tucked in the back at the first place. I was gonna be in a Chucky suit at the second place, away from customers, silent, but around, right? So this was different for me and this was completely foreign. And my job there was to help customers. Like it was a big store. People would always be coming in, looking for something, looking for, you know, someone to help them solve their problem. I remember standing on my first day in the main aisle of this hardware store and I was looking good. I had my hardware smock on, I had my tape measure on my belt, I had my pen and my paper in my pocket. Like I was ready. I was so ready. This was it. And my first customer comes down the aisle and I immediately started to sweat like the second I saw him, beads started forming on my forehead. And I remember I went to say, can I help you find anything? But what I really probably said was, rah, rah. my tongue, I swear I almost swallowed my own tongue. Like, I swear, I swear I almost swallowed my tongue. And whatever came out of my mouth was not English, not really audible, definitely not those words. And the guy just didn't even, didn't even blink an eye. He just kind of went, Nope, I'm just picking up a window, and he, and I was relieved. I was instantly like, "Oh, yes, I'm off the hook! Like, I got it. I'm, I, I, did it." And I don't know exactly what I thought I did. I think I just got out of it. I'm not sure exactly what I was thinking at the time, but uh, I was off the hook. And so the next guy came in, and you know, I got the words out, which was good. And I was like, "Can I help you find something?" And he says, "Yeah, I'm looking for nuts and bolts." And I took him over to the nuts and bolts, and he was like, "Okay, I got it from here," and it was awesome. Like he needed something and I helped him get it. Like, this is the great, this is a great thing. But this, I know it sounds probably pretty silly and pretty minuscule, but for someone that didn't really like talking to people and had no confidence in their abilities as a customer service person, I was feeling pretty dang good about it. It was interesting because I was a kid and people who would come into the hardware store, like when you're a young kid, you're trying to help people with stuff. Like older people, generally young kids don't know anything about anything. This is how it goes. Um, my generation, my dad's generation, grandfather's generation, like, you know, kids don't know anything about anything, blah, blah, blah. So it was interesting in this place because when I would go and try to help people, the customers would be like, oh, where's the old guy at? Because the old guy who's been there for 20 years knows all the things, all the parts and pieces and everything you'd possibly know to solve every problem in the world. Eventually, I had to win every frequent customer over until they eventually started coming in saying, where's the kid at? I need some brains on this one. And Old guys would come get me like, oh, there's some guy out there looking for you, and I started like drawing things out for people and kind of connecting electrical components and plumbing and whatever else they needed. And this was my first job where I actually felt valued. I wasn't feeling valued from my workplace or from my coworkers so much. It was great, but it was more about the customers and how I was helping them. They appreciated it and they often like showed it. Um, you know, thanks so much. This is so great. Blah blah blah. And all these you know nice gestures. So. It's pretty awesome to, to feel like that fulfillment in your job, especially when you're 16, 17 years old. So let's get back to putting in the effort for a second. So at the hardware store, you know, we had all kinds of side jobs, and sometimes it was something simple like change the prices and all the spray paint, or change a product at the end of the end cap to something else. And my thing was like cutting glass and reglazing windows and repairing screens. In Flint, we had a lot of landlords in the area that were always bringing in old windows and screens to be repaired, and these junk houses that they would rent it out just all were just disheveled. There was all kinds of broken stuff everywhere. So we have windows coming in that were you know twenty, thirty years old that were had paint on them and had been duct taped and whatever else. So at the hardware store is where I first heard someone say a few words that really stuck in my brain forever and are still in my brain to this day. Someone said in also a meeting you were going to be here for eight hours either way. So you might as well take your time and do the job right. And that sounds like such a silly, easy thing to, to say and to think. And it kind of makes sense. It's logical. But again, like remember we talked earlier how I would rush through my chores and just so I could do nothing. And people were doing this at my work. And this is, this is just what they did. It's like they would do their side job and just blow through it so they could be done so they could do nothing. You know how people say it's actually harder to look busy than to actually just do the work? I think it's completely true because if you think about it, there's a new variable that comes into play that wasn't there before, which is your conscience. And you're now wondering if people are watching you pretending to be busy. Like, how silly is that? Like, just put the work in, just do the work. I'm so scared of it. You know, looking back at these jobs, like, they, Probably weren't that bad, but I think when you're 16 and you have to work instead of doing anything else, that just sucks. Like you want to be doing all the things you want to do. You want to go out, you want to play drums, you want to ride your skateboard, you play basketball, play soccer, whatever you want to do. You want to do anything other than sitting inside, putting chicken and flour, and then putting it into a giant fryer. Anything is better than that. I think these jobs are a rite of passage. So Because even if the nature of the job may be awful, they still teach you a lot of fundamental things about being like in a workplace. Think about your first job for a second and some of the things that you carried over with you from job to job until eventually into your career. Things like time management, punching in, punching out, accountability, like how to work with others, how to work on a team, um, you know, how to work with no supervision, how to ask for time off. You know, these are all like pretty basic things, but you don't know what you don't know. So taking the bumps and bruises and learning to navigate um, these parts and pieces in your job, in your early working life, I think is really what it's all about. I feel like I talked through quite a bit of that pretty fast. So we might need to slow that one down next time. The, uh, you get, sometimes you get excited and you get excited and you talk fast and you, it, just, it just comes out and you know, don't stop the train, man. Don't stop the train. So let's talk about what we learned from all this. Looking back 25 years later, like what does it all mean? I really learned that no matter what your title is, when you walk into a job for the first time, it's always weird. Whether you're a CFO or just a cook at KFC, you're jumping onto a giant moving treadmill, you just have to do your best to assess what's happening, ask good questions, and just learn on the fly. Day two will probably be better, and by day 300, you'll hopefully be owning it. That's the best advice I can give you on that one. It's interesting, you know, to look back at these things 25 years later at my first jobs, I really learned that the culture in these places are what made the work bearable. Like if the work's awful, but the people you work with are cool and it's fun, you know, it just kind of makes it worth it. A lot of times the people you work with can make or break your job. Like when it's good, it's good. And when it's bad, it sucks. It's just a tough one. It's part of the part of the game. I think the last thing that I really want to touch on are those feelings before you walk in the door. These are the same feelings that stop people from being successful. This is us censoring ourselves and worrying about what other people are thinking about us. We're worried about being judged by other people before we even walk in the door. This is definitely not a way to set ourselves up for success. These are the same feelings that stop people from starting a business or doing a podcast or doing what's in their heart. Like the key is to figure out what those barriers are for you and learn how to navigate around them to try to set yourself up for success before you walk in the door. That's all I got for this one. A lot of words and a little bit of time. Thank you again for listening to the Hustle the Most podcast. This was episode 11. Check out more stories, photos, and connect with me at hustlethemost.com. If you are listening to this on iTunes, give us a like, give us a share, tell a friend, write a review. Always appreciate that, man. We'll see you on the next one.